people have a tendency to either turn a blind eye to or simply ignore things that come out of church organizations. If it's not the type of thing that they're inclined to believe in, if they already know that these people are batshit insane, mm -hmm. they usually ignore it. And I think that is why for a lot of these idiots, they get away with the shit that they do for so long. It just absolutely blows my mind how something like this could be pulled off even for a couple of years in yeah. modern society. But when you add Christianity to the mix, there's this whole air of permissiveness that allows this stuff to go on until the right people speak out against it. Was the guy leading this named Fagan for fuck's sake? I know, right? That's precisely what I thought of. This sounds like Oliver Twist. Yes. They basically trafficked people with nowhere else to go, all to make some cash. Welcome to Unbound. A podcast for new atheists. And lifetime atheists. Ex-evangelicals. Truth seekers and free thinkers. There is life after faith. And life here is good. It's time for a new perspective. And a better conversation. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And it's time to get Unbound. Conversion coercion, slavery without aversion, and inferior versions of popular songs make up this week's Christian Cringe Fest. Four stories that together are more uncomfortable than a community theater production of O Calcutta. We had to read them, now you have to hear them. It's only fair. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And this is your Christians Behaving Badly weekend update. I'll be sporting and give you a few minutes to let that idea settle and let you know that our episode on homeschooling will drop on February 19th. The in-between weeks will all be this format, and I'm also going to give small teases about the things I uncover in my research on our main topics as we go here. And here is fact number one that I uncovered about homeschooling. Homeschoolers are usually suburbanites who live in school districts that are capable of delivering well-rounded academic and extracurricular programs like music and theater arts. People aren't pulling their kids out of overpopulated, understaffed inner-city schools. Nope. They're pulling their kids out of learning environments that have a snowball's chance in hell of cultivating well-rounded individuals because, well, individuality is a negative trait in anyone who supposedly has Christ living through them, isn't it? I'll be expanding on that thought more on February 19th, but that's then. I don't think we can stall this shit any longer. So, yeah. okay, what have you got for us this week? Well, our first story involves Christian privilege. America, as we all know, has a huge Christian privilege problem. If any other spiritual path, political path, or even social path did what Christians regularly feel entitled to do, there would be a mass uproar. Oh, of course. Of course. So with that in mind, it should come as no surprise that the Decatur County Sheriff's Department in Greensburg, Indiana, has been pushing Christianity on inmates in the county jail. We know this because they openly brag about it on Facebook. In a series of posts... The sheriff celebrated baptizing nearly 40 men and women during a December event while noting that they've converted nearly 300 people over the past four years. I've seen that post more than once. And oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy, is it infuriating. It really is. And the posts are on Hemet Mehta's article on Only Sky if you want to look at it. Yeah. It's just another one of these things where, you know, they do this, they go along with it, to curry favor well, with yeah. the people that um, that run the jail. 
I have a hard time believing that it means much more to a lot of them than that. But one of the things they're doing here, I think, could really pull them in, and I'll tell you why in a minute. It wouldn't be a problem if it were the prisoners themselves declaring their faith, as they have a right to do. But the fact that it's the sheriff's department acting as if the events they plan, like coerced baptism and residents encounter Christ weekends, are always positive and treating Christianity as the department's default faith. How voluntary are these programs when studies have shown that prisoners who have declared for Christ are often given special privileges. There you go. There is also a power imbalance. And when the people who control your life and freedom tell you that becoming a Christian is something they feel is good and right, there's a pressure to also agree to that belief. Yeah, because there could be repercussions if you don't. And that thing that I teased about just a minute ago, um, residents encounter Christ. Now, you've heard me talk about my experience with a movement called Tres Dias, and the teen version of that was Vida Nueva. Well, Vida Nueva is based on a teen program through the Catholic Church called Teens Encounter Christ. Mm -hmm. So, Residents Encounter Christ is the exact same format as VN. I'm thinking there's nothing but emotionalism right. that's involved with this. So you put these guys in this place where for three days, they don't see the insides of their cells anywhere near as much. And they're probably given a lot of the same little privileges, like with Polanka, yeah. food that they would normally not be eating on the inside, other little treats and encouragements that they're just not going to see any other time. And the emotionalism of it builds to the point where some of them do make legit decisions based on what happens during that weekend. Because I can tell you from experience, it's very moving. Oh, yeah. And it can be very influential on you. So what was the outcome with this? What happened next here? The Freedom From Religion Foundation has written a letter to the Decatur County Sheriff's Department to ask them to stop these coercive practices. The letter reads, in part, we write to ensure that the Decatur County Sheriff's Department ceases its promotion of and official affiliation with Christianity on its official social media pages and through its religious events, programs, and activities in violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Here, here. While the DCDC may permissibly accommodate free exercise rights of its inmates by providing opportunities for religious worship, Decatur County and its employees may not organize, promote, participate in, or coerce inmates into participating in these religious events and programs. Of course not. I no. mean, there's no context in which this would be legal, but... So many of them get away with this. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even just talking about prisons. I'm talking about anything. Everybody. Because it's tolerated way more than it should be. And they may have just been told, yeah, don't do that. But let's see how quickly it just disappears. Yeah. I'm guessing that there's going to be a fight. Oh, sure. And they're going to let the toddler have the tantrum before they take this a step further. Oh, yeah. And they may even just give in to the toddler having the tantrum in the end. Because that's what happens. Yeah. And it's sad, but it's true. But they make a very, very good point here. The First Amendment is still a thing. Yeah. Separation of church and state is still a thing. And they need to learn that they have to respect that the way that they expect us to respect their right to congregate. 
Mm-hmm. It, you know, you have the right to congregate. You just don't have the right to slap people in cuffs and drag them into a service. Yeah. You see, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. We're, it's the difference between people voluntarily setting those alarms on Sunday morning and getting their butts to church and having this captive audience that you can bribe with a few special privileges and then shove the gospel down their throat. Yeah. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Hemet Mehta on Only Sky follows this quote with, What makes the case in Decatur especially egregious is that it's not even the first time FFRF have sent them this kind of letter for the exact same thing. In July of 2022, they wrote to Sheriff Dave Durant about a Residence Encounter Christ event that he arranged. Durant has been doing this sort of thing for years. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that this has been going on, quote, for years. Mm-hmm is problematic. Oh, yeah. I mean, very problematic because one of the things that they can use in their defense is, well, we've been doing this for years without an incident, so what's the problem now? Mm-hmm. The problem is that it's always been a problem. It's just that you're now being called out on it. That's it. That's what the problem is now. The problem is someone noticed and they're calling you out. Right. At this point, the groundwork has been laid for a possible lawsuit. FFRF has asked the department politely to stop their illegal actions. They've continued anyway. Because of course they have. This would never be acceptable if a sheriff was promoting any other religion to inmates in jail. No shit. (laughs) And it shouldn't be okay with Christianity either. The irony is that the guy overseeing the prison is the one breaking the law. But because of the privilege Christianity has in our society, it'll take a hell of a lot before he ever faces any consequences. Yes, thank you for that, Hemet Mehta. I, I just love the way that he articulates things. Oh, yeah. And I love the way that he thinks about these things and the way that he presents things in a way that helps you see the proper perspective on things. Yeah. That's one thing that I really appreciate about him. So... We're going to go straight from uh, forced proselytization to forced imprisonment of individuals in the name of Christian love. Yes. Victor Gonzalez, the former head of Imperial Valley Ministries, a non-denominational church in El Centro, California, was sentenced on Friday to six months in jail plus six more months of home confinement. His wife was also given a time-served sentence. Both pleaded guilty to benefits fraud, but the details of their case reveal something far worse. These people used their faith to justify cruelty. (laughs) That's not a new concept either. Yeah. Gonzalez and his wife would work within the homeless community, offering work and a safe place to live. Since they would be living at the church or in church buildings, they all signed documents saying they would obey the church rules. They soon found out that they were trapped inside the buildings, had to give up their identifications to prevent them from escaping, weren't allowed to discuss things of the world with their fellow inmates, were only allowed to read the Bible, and were subject to discipline if they broke any of the rules. So let's see if I can break this down point by point here. They soon found out that they were trapped inside the buildings and had to give up their identifications. So basically, they virtually hobbled them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's number one. They weren't allowed to discuss the things of this world. So now they've been stripped of their First Amendment privilege. Yeah. And that's another problem right there. Mm -hmm. 
and of course, they're only allowed to read the Bible, so there comes censorship mm-hmm. on top of all of that. All of these things together are just a recipe for controlling these people for as long as they want. Yep. A dozen IVM leaders, including Gonzalez, subjected homeless people to forced labor, coercing them to surrender welfare benefits and compelling them to panhandle up to nine hours a day, six days a week, for the financial benefit of the church leaders. Was the guy leading this named Fagan, for fuck's sake? I know, right? That's precisely what I thought of. This sounds like Oliver Twist. Yes. They basically trafficked people with nowhere else to go, all to make some cash. Boy, that's six months of jail time and six months of home confinement. Sure sound like a slap on the wrist now, doesn't it? A slap on the wrist with what? A feather? I know. It it doesn't even sound like anything. You think these idiots are going to learn anything from this? Oh, please. One of the many troubling facts about this case was how Gonzalez spent years living rent-free in a church-owned home, earned a salary, and got an occasional $1,000 blessing from the church. He did all this on the backs of the people he exploited. How much longer was he able to get away with all this because he ran a church? Well, that's the operative right there. Right. He could do this pretty much in plain sight because Christians have it in their head that they can do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want, to whoever the fuck they want, for however long they want. Right. And I'm sorry, but society has gone a long way toward validating that. It just absolutely blows my mind how something like this could be pulled off even for a couple of years in modern society. But when you add Christianity to the mix, there's Mm -hmm. this whole air of permissiveness that allows this stuff to go on until the right people speak out against it. Yeah. And you know that uh, the last podcast on the left, guys, always talk about the less dead. Yeah. These are the less people. Yeah. It's like homeless people are invisible. We don't see them because they get them off the streets a lot. And, you know, they make them move along to somewhere else. They constantly, like, trash their tent cities. So nobody cares. That's largely true. But I'm also thinking about another thing. Since you brought up homeless people and and this whole business of how they're treated by society, I'm thinking these idiots got away with this for a long time. And yet, remember the whole thing around bum fights? Oh, God, yeah. How within a couple of months, people started blowing the whistle on that? Yeah. Because it wasn't something that was under the cover of a church or any other organization that could protect him. He put it online. He put it online, and he was very brazen and arrogant about it. Right. And and that just, it led to public outrage. But people have a tendency to either turn a blind eye to or simply ignore things that come out of church organizations – if it's not the type of thing that they're inclined to believe in, if they already know that these people are batshit insane, mm-hmm. they usually ignore it. And I think that is why, for a lot of these idiots, they get away with the shit that they do for so long. Yeah, and it's it's like when you have somebody die because they were in an exorcism, or when parents deny their kids medicine because they believe that God will heal them. Yeah. Or somebody takes a bunch of people to South Africa and eventually kills them all. Yeah. 
And, you know, Steve Taylor was right about a few things. Yeah. He was a hopeless homophobe, and he had some other really, really bad perspectives on things. But I remember in his song, Meet the Press, do you remember the line, a Christian can't get equal time unless he's a loony committing a crime? Yeah. Well, that's very true. And there are reasons for that, that I just kind of bullet pointed a, a minute ago. But there are multiple reasons for that. And that was one point where he was right. It's like, well, yeah. And this is part of why we do this show, because these people are not taken seriously enough. I mean, there are other podcasts that cover these stories, and they do it with humor. And I'm not about to criticize them for that. But there's a level of seriousness to this that I think we also need to focus in on and expose expose this shit that happens because if we don't talk about it then they're going to get away with it if we don't say no you can't do this they're just going to keep doing it so that's why i think that it's very important yes laugh at the insanity and the foolishness and the infuriating bits that you would scream over otherwise but take this shit seriously because it's serious slavery is serious the Systematic incarceration of people for your benefit is serious. Yes. And it doesn't matter who's doing it. Mm -hmm. Don't let them hide behind their cover. If it's wrong, expose it for being wrong. Yeah. Who cares who's doing it? Expose it for being wrong. And bonus, you get to expose this religion as part of it. Yeah, really. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. This is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my freaking life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> brace yourselves, people. If you haven't heard this one yet, it's uh, it's a keeper. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of different reasons why people stop drinking. Maybe it's taking over their lives, or maybe they're just making a temporary change or doing an internet challenge like Dry January. However, some other pastors are suggesting men stop drinking beer for a different reason. Oh, wait for it, people. Pastors Stephen Anderson of the Faithful Word Church in Tempe, Arizona, and Jonathan Kelly of the brilliant minds of the Steadfast Baptist Church in Watauga, Texas, have both posted unhinged rants about the serious danger of men drinking too much beer and getting feminized. Yes. Getting feminized is something that that happens to marijuana seeds. I mean, (laughs) I I, I see that word and I'm just like, okay, uh, continue, I guess. Yes, you heard it right here, folks. Drinking too much beer can change a guy into a girl. (laughs) This is a quote from uh, Steven Anderson. People who drink a lot of alcohol, they end up getting a beer belly. But not only do they get a beer belly, they get the man boobs. Oh, brother. And I'll tell you why they get that, not only just because of getting overweight, but also because of the fact that beer has in it hops, and there are phytoestrogen mimickers in beer that actually hormonally can, you know, make you more feminine as a man. That's half true. There are some of the same elements to hops as there are to estrogen, but... That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works, (laughs) sir. So the reverse of being so manly because you drink so much alcohol. In fact, drinking beer specifically can actually give you more feminine features to your body and cause you to, you know, yeah, like I said, 
Oh, brother. Yeah, he oh can't even God. say it. Red Bull gives you wings, but beer gives you boobs. Yep. And I don't know. I I don't drink a lot of beers. Maybe I'm the wrong person to ask about this. But I can tell you that never have I ever downed a pint of Guinness and gone on my phone looking for pictures of Jason Momoa yes. to rub one out to. <laughs> never once. Never once has this happened. <laughs> nor and have I nor have I walked by Victoria's Secret and looked at some of the clothes in there and went, ooh, that'll go great with my man boobs that I got from drinking beer. I mean, here's the reason why these things happen, people. Because when you gain weight and beer is nothing but carbs, you're you're basically drinking liquid bread, okay? Yes. And it's nothing but carbs, so of course it starts doing things to your body. Yeah. And in the natural course of things, if you drink too much beer and you're just sitting on your couch and doing nothing to work it off, then these are things that are going to happen because of the nutritional aspect of it, not the hormonal aspect of these trace amounts of estrogen or elements of estrogen that you find in hops. No, sorry. It's amazing how they take these things and just explode them into things that their agenda agrees with. It absolutely amazes me how good some of these guys are at this. Yeah. And and how influential they can be, at least in their own little circles. Yes. I mean, this isn't making international news, Mm -mm. but there are people within the sound of this idiot's voice that were probably sitting there thinking that they'd had some kind of an epiphany about Mm -hmm. this. That's why it's so bad for you. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not really. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And Jonathan Kelly goes on in the same vein. I hate alcohol. It causes so much adultery and infidelity. It causes abuse. It makes men become stupid losers and effeminate. Hey, let me tell you something. Beer makes you effeminate. The hops in it will feminize you on purpose. Oh, yeah. The hops have an agenda. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Now, you know what? Again, he's half right here. Yeah. Because what alcohol does do to you is it lowers your inhibitions. And it kind of plays with the parts of your brain that make decisions and make rational decisions. It decreases your rationality. Right. And it can lead to some of the things that he suggests here. I just want to tell these guys... That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Of course I not. Gotta wonder if these guys called each other and agreed to deliver similar messages on or near the same day. Apparently, the thought about hops and the phytoestrogens within them is not a new thought, but it was also debunked in a 2015 Business Insider article by a quote from Richard Bremen, a professor of medicinal chemistry. It's true that there is a minute quantity of the estrogen-like compound known as 8-prenylnarangenin in hops, and there ought to be a trace of it in beer, but I would say the levels are too low to function as a hormone disruptor. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Of course, that's what we in the rational world would call a fact, and you can't make these guys believe those. They're so afraid of being feminine or having any feminine qualities whatsoever that they will find Anything that agrees or seems to make their position more valid. Yeah, I know, because being a woman would just be so fucking scary, wouldn't it? Well, it would, because if I was treated like these people treat women, 
They hate women. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, and that's what this all comes back down to. Right. It's nothing but a new avenue to fuel their own feelings of misogyny. That's yeah. it. That's all this is. Even if there was an element of truth to it, then number one, there just isn't enough evidence to to validate the fear that they're trying to instill here. So if you're not going to be able to, uh, to instill fear in someone, then just stay the course of bashing them because of how they were born, who they yeah. are, what their genetics are, because they have those two X chromosomes and not a Y. Yeah. That's... That, and it makes about as much sense as anything else they have to say about anything. Yeah. So now we're now we're going to move into the realm of the Weird Al wannabes with this. <laughs> yeah, right. And, I mean, I've seen this before, and I'll jump in yeah. in a couple of minutes mm-hmm. with, with a little story. But I want you to get us started off with this. The world of viral videos is a strange one. You never know what's going to be so outrageous, silly, or just plain weird that everyone is going to obsess over. You know what else is strange? The habit of Christians to rewrite secular songs to be more Jesus-y. I remember in the 80s, just after an officer and a gentleman came out, the cool thing to do in church was to sing, Love lift us up where we belong, but change the first word to Lord and nothing else. I've checked. Literally nothing else. Literally nothing else. Every time they say love, they say Lord. Yeah. It was just like that one time, I can remember, I must have been 16 or 17, going to a sectional youth rally with mm-hmm. the assemblies, and they brought in this Christian cover band that did a lot of stuff that was real familiar to me, not so much to a lot of the other people in the room, because at that point, I was dealing only in Christian music, right. so I knew all of these songs, and then out of nowhere... I hear you're the inspiration by Chicago starting. And I'm like, oh, good Lord, I bet I can anticipate what they're going to do with this. And I was right. Uh They changed one word in this song, one. And that was supposed to steer the ship toward Jesusville. Instead of saying baby at one point, they say Jesus. Yep. You're in my heart, you're in my soul, baby, became you're in my heart, you're in my soul, Jesus. Hmm. That was the only change that they made. And they decided that now it was Christian. Of course. Yep. But even back then, I thought it was cringy. But the idea still endures to this day. A Christian duo called Two for Christ has recently released a video of them singing a Jesus-y version of Eye of the Tiger with the woman singing and the man rapping. Okay, so that, I was wondering if I was right about this. Two for Christ, two live crew. I mean, is there supposed to be its eye in there? And then I saw Eye of the Tiger. It's like, well, that doesn't really match their style. But the rap portion of it does. And it's just sort of like, That was random. I don't remember rapping in that song, but okay, whatever. The point is that social media grabbed this thing and circulated it like there was no tomorrow. The guy, he's mainly a lifter and wants to bring people into the fold via his passion for lifting and fitness. I guess. He is okay at rapping, I guess. The woman is a legit entertainer. She has a fabulous voice, but a questionable fashion sense. She is dressed in sequins and technicolor. Apparently, earlier in the performance, she had done Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. Oh, good Lord. But I'm like, 
dude, costume changes are a thing. Yeah. People were also commenting on the lack of enthusiasm from the mostly elderly crowd and the guy throwing a t-shirt that makes it to row one. Of course. The exvangelicals and critics of Christian culture had great fun dunking on this video clip, and here are just a few of the many comments. It's said that this song plays endlessly on repeat during Armageddon. (laughs) Once again, I find myself thinking that maybe the Reformation was a mistake. I have made poor life choices that led me to watching this video. Now you also must suffer. (laughs) What in the righteous gemstones is going on here? Oh, we got to get back into that. I think we, we kind of abandoned it. We got to get back into watching that show. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely right. There are many more comments with links at Hemet Meta's article. There seems to be a wave of these parodies, or at least people discovering these parodies yeah. out there at the moment. Here's one. Hot Bible. Oh, God, I hate this one. It looks like it's from the 80s, but then most stuff from the platform of evangelical churches seem like they're from the 80s anyway. Everyone in the band seems super pumped that they get to play hot-blooded in church. And the girls want to do the backup singer dancing, but they don't want to be too sexy. Oh no, you can't have that in a song that's basically a guy singing about how fucking horny he is. Yeah, dude. Oh, at least the original. Yeah, the parody is odd. Well, I mean, look at the source. Of course it's going to be a little odd. odd. And Baby Got Book. Oh, good Lord. This one just makes me think, how many times did he listen to this thing while composing this parody? I'm sorry. He knew it by heart. He had to. It was too fucking perfect. It was. He had to know this by heart. You have to be very familiar with how the lyrics work, with the rhythm and the music. It's also 15 years old. So I don't know how old the uh, Hot Bible one is. Oh, I have no idea. And I was amazed to learn that the, this has been out there for 15 years. Yes. But it has. It's, it's yeah. odd, but it has. I've heard of it before. That said, people actually really love this parody. There were multiple comments on the YouTube video that say something to the effect of, I'm not Christian, but this is great. This is usually not like the comments they usually post to videos like this. So apparently this is something special. To be fair... It's funny. It is funny. Parts of it are funny. There are parts that I also consider to be at least marginally misogynistic. Of course. But at the end of the day, he was going for humor and he nailed it. Yes, he achieved humor. I'll give him that. Yes. I think the messaging sucks. Of course it does. But it accomplished what he was trying to accomplish. At least it accomplished part of what he was trying to accomplish. Because everything these people do... They do for the purpose of drawing more people in. And they do it for, well, do they do it for that or do they do it for attention? I think first they do it for attention. And once they've got your attention, that's when they start drawing you in. So any kind of positive feedback that he gets on this, he's going to consider a victory. Of course. But, you know, I'm sure there are more of these. I only looked up the few I knew about. Oh, there are so many. But... What Christians don't seem to understand is that generally, if you're trying to bring people to Christ, maybe you don't want to parody secular songs to do so. It might have worked for Martin Luther with drinking songs, but mostly these days, it's just ultimate cringe. And you know, you bring up a good point with this, because I still don't think that there are a whole lot of Christians out there that understand 
that when they open up their hymnals and their down-home church services that still use hymnals, yeah. that they are singing centuries-old bar songs yeah. with new lyrics. But you know what? No one's hiding that either. Do you remember no. a group back in the 80s called Glad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They did this uh, story song type Yeah, thing. it was like a medley of bar songs. And I think they called it Variations on a Hymn. Yes. And they started out with this concept and just came right out and said, well, this is where a lot of these songs came from and sang the original and then sang the hymn version. Yes. And then kept moving through time and to the point where they were not really directly parodying things. Right. But doing things in the style of the day, which I don't have a problem with. No, I don't have have a problem with with that. What I have a problem with is that they constantly forget what it says in 2 Corinthians 6.17. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. They constantly steal from popular culture to try and get themselves a foothold with the audiences of these things in pop culture. Yeah. They, they, This is what they do. This is how they reel them in, as it were. And this has been a thing with Christianity for probably most of its history, or oh, yeah. not all of its history, and not just with the music. I mean, look at what we call Christmas. Yeah. And look at where all of the traditions that revolve around Christmas come from. Right. They've been stealing from popular culture pretty much since their inception. Oh, yeah. So this doesn't surprise me, nor does it surprise me that they just completely gloss over verses that tell them they shouldn't be doing these things. Yeah. So that does it for our first installment of our uh, weekly delve into the world of Christians behaving badly. It's just four more examples of the type of privilege that these people think that they have. Well, they think they have it, but a lot of times it only takes one or two to say, hey, you know what? This is not right. Right. It only takes one voice to start unraveling the whole damn thing. So let's keep that in mind. Let's keep in mind that we have the opportunity and the responsibility to be that voice wherever we can. That's why we do what we do. And why it's important for those of you listening to this to, yeah, laugh at it a little bit where it's warranted, but take it seriously and do something with the information that you have, because that's the way that we help more people get and stay unbound. enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound. Unbound.